there's moments. There's, uh, you know, Chris and I, we were watching Gutfeld the other night. And they were talking about, you know, well, what is your most embarrassing moments, you know? And, yeah. and I was like, hey, I paused it. And I said, hey, well, you know, what are your embarrassing moments? And we shared that, you know? And then they talked about what their scariest moments were. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. Didn't even think about it. Paused it again and said, what, you know, I shared mine. And the look on his face when I asked him what his was, I knew. I knew I had opened a door that wasn't supposed to be opened yet. And only got a glimpse. He didn't share. And I was so afraid that he was going to have nightmares that night. And he may have. I don't know. He didn't tell me, but you know, you just, it's like, you dummy. Why did you ask that question? But it was so innocent. Welcome to the stigma free vet zone podcast. Our mission is to help veterans and their family members transition from military to civilian life and culture. As best we can, we avoid stigmatizing names and terms. We feature conversations with those who have encountered unexpected reactions in their journey, including nightmares, rage, and isolation. Participants in our segments share experiences that make them uniquely qualified to join the quest to identify, understand, and resolve these enormous life challenges. Stigma-Free Vet Zone is brought to you by the Orban Foundation for Veterans. Learn more by visiting the OrbanFoundationForVeterans.org, and donations are always welcome at the OrbanFoundationForVeterans.org slash donate. Thank you for embarking on this educational journey with the Stigma-Free Vet Zone podcast. Here's today's segment. I'm Scott Schultz, and today we welcome Bonnie Pettis of Osseo, Wisconsin. Bonnie has never served on active duty in any branch of the military, but she's been immersed in the military experience as a military spouse, mother, granddaughter, daughter, and sister. These days, she works as the events coordinator at the High Grounds Veterans Memorial Park at Nielsville, Wisconsin, where her husband, Marine Corps veteran Chris Pettis, works as the High Grounds Executive Director. Now, Bonnie and Chris have been regular participants in the High Grounds Family PTS Support Group. There, she's expressed feelings that only someone with her military involvement can know. Bonnie, being the event coordinator, you wear a lot of hats there, including keeping the executive director kind of straight. <laughs> if you can call it that. No, at work, he is the boss. Uh huh. So I let him be the boss there. I take the orders. So the boss being your husband, Chris Pettis. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris has been on this podcast in the past, so some of you might be familiar with him. Uh, look it up if, if you don't remember it. But Bonnie wears a lot of different hats in a lot of different ways, and I hadn't realized it until an event that we were both at a while ago where Chris mentioned something about your background where the military is concerned. 
never been on active duty in the military, but you've been on active duty in different ways because of your family links. Tell us all about who in your family has done what in the military and is doing what in the military. Well, my grandfather, he was in the Korean War. I believe he was Army. I really never had much communication with him to ever ask any questions. I just It was just one of those things you just kind of knew. My father uh, was in the Navy during Vietnam. He was stationed on a um, carrier. My brother joined the Marine Corps in 1995, and uh, I was devastated but proud of him. And he was in for five years, and when I went to California to drive back across country with him, I met my current husband, Chris. And Chris was doing what when you met him? Uh, he was active duty Marine Corps. He was my brother's staff sergeant at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked a bit back and forth, and a few months later, he was stationed at Lejeune in North Carolina, which was about four and a half hours away from me. And, well, now we've been married for 23 years, so... <laughs> Scratch that. It's 22 years. I don't want him to think might, it's more than 22 like yet. Oh, well, days it does. <laughs> um, but uh, our oldest daughter, Morgan, she married Jake Humberger. Uh, he went into the Marine Corps. His father is one of Chris's best friends. They served together and retired just a few years shy of one another. Mm -hmm. So keeping it all in the military family. He just recently got out of the Marine Corps the beginning of this year. Our son, uh, who turns 21 in May in 2020, oh, just a few weeks shy of his birthday, he let me know that uh, he was joining the Marine Corps and had already talked with recruiters and had it all set up. So he is now in the Marine Corps following exactly in his father's footsteps, going on two and a half, almost three years. Mm -hmm. And so, your son's name? Austin. You say that like he dropped a big surprise on you. Oh, he did. He did. You know, as a kid, when he was much younger, you know, he may have said, you know, I want to be a Marine like my dad. And, you know, he'd laugh it off because yeah. he's, you know, knee high. Yeah. And uh, he talked about other things. And as graduation was coming around, not that we were going to kick him out of the house or anything like that. It's just like, do you have any idea of what you're going to be doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and he's like, I'm working on something, Mom. I'll tell you by the end of the week. And he let two weeks go by. And he... And he dropped the bomb on me. We're going to talk a little bit about your feelings about how that went. But let's step back a step and uh, talk a little bit about your roles at the high ground. Uh, some of the things that you've been doing. And I have a reason for asking this that I'll I'll throw at you in a minute. Well, um, what I do at the high ground is completely different than what I went to college for. I was a occupational therapy assistant for over 20 years. And in 2020, COVID hit and... I love to plan parties and the event coordinator position opened up and Chris says, what do you think? Well, <laughs> I was like, we can try it. So I plan the events, the fundraisers. It's moved into planning other things as well, you know, kind yeah. of helping out with the planning of the stone ceremonies that we have, yeah. planning just normal events. But I'm also the administrative assistant for the capital campaign you know, trying to raise enough money to um, build a welcome center yep. that's very much needed. 
but I'm also everything else. I'll drop anything and everything for my coworkers. We're an awesome team. If they need help with working a retreat, I'm there. You know, they need somebody to stay later in the day because there's a vets and guitar group coming in and she can't make it. I'm, I'll be there. Yeah. You know, so all of us being a small crew, we have to wear many hats. Mm -hmm. If you see it needs to be done, it just needs to be done. Yeah. And along the way, you both help out and work as a participant. Uh, You mentioned the retreats. There's a lot of healing things that go on at the high ground retreats. Folks, if you look up the high ground on the web and, and see some of the stuff that goes on there. When I say participant, the high ground has a family PTSD group. And you being in the position you are as a mother, wife, daughter, sister, all tied into the military, that kind of gave you some interesting perspectives to bring to that group. Yes. It's a different hat. Is it a hat that you might have, a couple of years ago, expected to be wearing? That some of these things that you're thinking about and talking about now, had you been thinking and talking about them before? Or or is it at this group that you started openly thinking about these issues more that the, the vets and the vets' families and active duty families see. My home life, my before when I was growing up was not the best. So family, air quotes, really didn't mean a whole lot to me. Mm -hmm. It's when I married Chris and was brought into the military life. You meet so many different people from all over and you may change duty stations, but you run into them again. Yeah. And you stay in contact with, because there's a, there's a tremendous bond, the, the true meaning of family that yeah. is created through that. And Chris being active duty, you know, again, if, if one of our friends needed help, we were there, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever it may be. And when Chris retired, I just like, oh, well, you know, all that's behind us and, you yeah. know, here we are out in the civilian world and I don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Just trudging, trudging along. And it's just all grown on, grown from there. Did I want to be a part of all of that? I had never really thought of it. It yeah. just became to me. I just feel like it was meant to be. I always told Chris when he had retired, I think it was like a year or two after he retired, there was a position in the paper for some kind of transition officer with the VA. Mm-hmm. I was like, why don't you apply for this and get away from the sand mine? You know, and he's yeah. like, no, no, that that's not me. <laughs> now he's the executive director of the high ground and, you know, helping out in so many more ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought that's all him. I'm supporting him. That's what I do. I'm the, I'm the spouse. I'm the wife. I'm supporting you and I'm getting in it. Some deep subjects come up at that support of course they group. do how do you describe the power in something like a group like that mm. it's not something that you can describe it's something that you have to experience the diversity in our group you know from a service member's mother wife sister uh veterans it's it's powerful you know mm-hmm. it it's it's that military family. It's that bond. And that bond, that brings a good amount of trust to be able to say some things that need to be said. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure in some of our cases, 
uh, probably bring about some interesting discussions on the way home or at home. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I, I think there's a whole bunch of healing and understanding that seems to be going on. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. And, and it's on multiple levels. You know, it it's... <sighs> It's healing for someone who's helping someone else. Um, it's that person that's being helped. You know, it's just being there and being supportive of what is going on. Mm-hmm. It's all a part of it. Something that strikes me in, in this group, at least, is how the discussion often comes up about awareness with family members, between family members an active duty or veteran uh, personnel. As a veteran, I've seen that I didn't necessarily, and it's not that I seem to be having something to necessarily hide from my family. Maybe there are some things, but you just don't think about it mm-hmm. in some ways. And and I know you came up with a, with a point, and, and my wife actually did too, that the questions don't get asked. It's mm-hmm. just... An assumed thing in our society, it seems, that children, spouses, siblings, parents all know what's going on with the service member. And that's not the case necessarily. And talk about asking those questions. Mm-hmm. You're scared to ask. And on the other side of that, they're scared to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you want to know if there's this curiosity, but you don't know what can of worms you're opening up. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, Chris has shared, he has shared quite a bit with me. Um, I know that there's still things that he has not. And that was from an experience we just had a few days ago. But I don't know. It's a hard topic. You know, Chris always says, you know, you, you, the veteran doesn't want family or loved ones to look at them any differently. But in reality, you don't know until you share. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I'm a pretty tough cookie. And I've been through a lot of my own stuff that there's not too much that can or will throw me off kilter. Mm-hmm. And if it does, it, it's only for a short period of time, you know, for the defense mechanisms or the survival instincts that that kick in and and you just you just take the bull by the horns and you just you ride it out sometimes i hear the sense that some family members feel sort of left out would it be a fair assumption to think that there are times when your husband chris and your son austin might be say on the telephone talking about something and you don't necessarily get led into that conversation and is it a feeling of being left out and are you okay with that? It is a feeling of being left out because as the wife of a Marine, uh, of a service member, Chris's deployments and duty stations in Okinawa, you know, I was, I was everything. I was mom. I was dad. I was friend. I was foe. I was, you know, everything. And the kids, the kids always talked to me, you know, came to me for those life questions and, you know, brought the stories back to me. And since Austin has joined the Marine Corps, he and his dad, dad's bond has really grown. It it really is. And, and I love that. 
But yes, there's those phone calls where they're on the phone for an hour or two and they're talking all the military stuff. And, you know, I, I get the phone call when my son is standing in front of the um, medicine allergy aisle saying, hey, mom, what, what do I need to get rid of this sniffle? It's like, oh, well, you know, and it's a protective thing on their part, too. You know, they, they try to protect us being yeah. the, the spouse, the moms, you know, but like I said, I, whatever it is, I, I can handle it. You know, yeah. it may not be pretty at first, but I can, <laughs> eventually it comes around. I can handle it. Yeah. And I've told Austin that too. You don't have to protect me. There are these times when I think about a grade schooler on the playground and two of their friends step aside and they're talking in hushed voices and you start to guess. Mm -hmm. Your brain starts working. Mm -hmm. What are they talking? Are they talking about me? What's the secret? How come I don't get in on this secret? Imagination runs wild. Yeah. And sometimes that can be worse than actually knowing. Yeah. And that's, that's what I have shared with Austin and Chris. And we have shared this in the, in the support group as well. Mm-hmm. You know, our imaginations could be so much worse and we could be holding everything in. You know, we're thinking these terrible, terrible things. And it could be those terrible, terrible things that are being yeah. kept from us. But if we just knew it would help us to settle our mind and to bring about the other, the other modes, you know, the instinct, the, their survival mode, whatever it is, just to ride it out write it out with you, be able to deal with it. Otherwise, it's just this constant thing that you're like, what is it? What is it? And, yeah. and you never know. You never yeah. know. That brings up an entirely, well, it's, it's on this subject, actually. Somebody in your situation, just transitioning out of the active duty world, or your child just went off to the service, or you're on active duty with your with your spouse yet. What are some of the hints that you can give where dealing with that, unlike so often happens on that playground with that little kid I mentioned, that imagination keeps running until somebody tells you it's okay. They're probably not talking about you, and it's okay to not worry about what they were saying. And it's okay to not worry in your situation about what you might not know about, or that's never going to happen, I know. What are some of those hints and tips that you might have for somebody else who might be in your situation? How oh, do you get beyond it? That's a good question. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't. There's a certain amount of acceptance, but you also, with the veteran holding back, not sharing some of the stuff that may take the burden off of them, if they're holding back and your my imagination is going wild, I have to tell myself, you know, just let it go, let it go. But when you care about that person, it's hard to let go. You want them to know that you are here, you are supportive, that no matter what you tell me, I'm not going to look at you any differently. Yeah. There's moments. There's, uh, you know, Chris and I, we were watching Gutfelt the other night. And... They were talking about, you know, well, what is your most embarrassing moments, you know? And, yeah. and I was like, Hey, I paused it and I said, Hey, well, you know, what are your embarrassing moments? And we shared that, you know, and then they talked about what 
their scariest moments were. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. Didn't even think about it. Paused it again and said, what, you know, I shared mine. And the look on his face when I asked him what his was, I knew. I knew I had opened a door that wasn't supposed to be opened yet and only got a glimpse. He didn't share. And I was so afraid that he was going to have nightmares that night. And he may have. I don't know. He didn't tell me. But, you know, you just, it's like, you dummy, why did you ask that question? But it was so innocent. Yeah. You know, the people on the show were talking about, oh, you know, I was sleeping and they're living in New York and they had a, ra- a mouse run across their chest. Whatever. Right. You know, um, I did share with him that one of my scariest moments, we had just gotten married in 2001. And 9-11, I was on the way to work. And we all know what happened that morning. I had no idea what to expect. We had been married for six months. I didn't know if he was going to be gone when I got home, if I was ever going to hear from him again. Was I going to come home and he was going to be packing his bags and he's off and he can't tell me anything? I locked myself out of my vehicle twice that week because I was so out of sorts with it all. But that still didn't open that door any farther for Chris that night. He didn't share any of his fears. And I felt bad. I still feel bad. Feels bad that you asked that? No. No. I I know that he knows that it was completely innocent. We just made for a very quiet evening after that. Mm -hmm. You know. It strikes me you have strong shoulders and a strong hand. You reach them out for people to take, for veterans to take in general, but especially for Austin, for Chris, your brother, whoever it might be in, in your circle. How do we get them to reach their hand to you? I read a while back that it's more challenging to reach your hand out when you're down to accept somebody else's hand. It's way easier to reach your hand out and take somebody's hand who needs it. How do we get them to reach their hand out and accept your offer of your hand? It takes that first visit. It's the first conversation that that you have with someone that begins to build that trust, build that confidence, build that bond. Going back to the support group, there's just moments that you just want to vomit this information. And it's because you realize that the people around you may not have experienced exactly what you did, what you have, or what you're going through, but they understand to a certain degree. After that, it, it it's just, I don't want to say smooth sailing because there are ups and downs, you know, for, for everyone, good days, bad days, good sessions, bad sessions, you know, whatever it is, but you've created the bond, you've created the friendship, you've created the family, the mm-hmm. true meaning of family. And that trust opens up that line of communication. We have a whole lot of veterans walking around with their hands in their pockets. Oh, most definitely. And well, need to pull them out and uh, reach them out. Well, the mentality is suck it up, buttercup. 
<laughs> you know, no one cares anymore. You're not there. Don't worry about it. It's over. Go on with your life. But you can't, you know, and, and a lot of us will, I say us, I, I'm a spouse. I, I, I do it as well. I will be there in a heartbeat to help, but I won't ask for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's just the, that's just, that's the environment. I'm going to thank you for coming and visiting with us today, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. We look forward to some more visits and keep reaching your hand, please. Oh, I have no doubt that's going to keep happening. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bonnie Pettis, the events coordinator at the High Grown Veterans Memorial Park in Clark County, Wisconsin. I'm Scott Schultz reminding you that this is educational, not stigmatizing. Thank you for listening to the Stigma-Free Vet Zone podcast. Your feedback is welcomed and encouraged. You'll find contact information on our webpage, OrbanFoundationForVeterans.org. While you're there, please consider making a contribution. Donations help us continue to bring greater hope, understanding, and resolution on issues of civilian readjustment for all military veterans and families. Anyone who donates to the podcast will receive a free copy of the book, Sold Out, Conquering the Experiences of War by Michael Orban. Thanks for joining us, and please tune in again.